Crochet Circle podcast is sponsored by Linroll Knitting and Crochet and Knit It, Hook It, Craft It. Links to both businesses can be found within our show notes. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to episode four of the Crochet Circle podcast, which is called A Crochet Journey. In this episode, we have Yay Crochet or Nay Crochet. We've put together some helpful hints on how to get started on a crochet journey. So we'll be starting from the very beginning and talking about how to choose or substitute yarn for a project. I have a yarn review of Manastel Uruguay Marina and Faye is myth busting. She's looking at knitting versus crochet and the amounts of yarn used. We have our usual magazine roundup. We've got our whip wall update and our finished objects and we'll be sharing a snippet of information on a secret crochet circle project. And we'll finish off with what's good. Just wanted to say thank you for helping us to reach over 1,100 downloads on Podbean. (laughs) It's far more than we'd hoped for. We've only put three episodes out there and we've had some really great feedback from listeners. Lovely interaction as yeah. well, really nice. We've got a great discussion going on on Ravelry, some lovely people on there. We've had some great reviews, so thanks if you've written any reviews on your blogs. Thank you to Catherine at Craftinoon Treats, who actually mentions us in a couple of episodes of her Craftinoon Treats blog in episodes 7 and 8. And also thanks to Tamara, who gave us a lovely review and... Uh, made me laugh on her website she's got a website called crafty escapism and i just loved tamara's summary of Faye and myself she's, she's got a pin she pretty perfectly hasn't she i'm the naughty one that instigates trouble and yarn buying and you're way more sensible than i am she says Faye likes to shop but lynn is frugal like myself so i'm going to show that to my husband blame me yes <laughs> Faye is a bad influence on Lynn. It's like a school report, actually. It sounds just like one of my school (laughs) reports. It sounds like one of mine. Faye is naughty. Faye has always been naughty. Tamara says that listening to Faye is starting to influence my shopping habits, she says. So just be warned, there are downsides to our crochet podcast. You may be encouraged to buy more yarn. But it's about quality, not necessarily quantity. That's very true. Um, you also may have spotted us in Crochet Now, Let's Knit Magazine, and also in Simply Crochet. Yeah, so, it's really nice yeah. of them to cover the podcast, and hopefully more listeners will come across us because of that. Yeah, well, The column inches, it's very nice. And we also have a really nice review on iTunes from Trinket Knits. So thank you to you. It's really, you know, we didn't expect it. It was lovely to go onto iTunes and see that somebody liked our podcast and liked it enough to go on and provide a review. Yeah, so it's just really nice to to feel that people are listening to us and that hopefully we're providing some useful, enjoyable information. Fun, fun, fun. Fun fun hour. So we'll move on to yay crochet or nay crochet. And Faye, what do you have this month? I have a nay. Okay. My nay is lace weight yarn. I really love lace weight. I love the feel of it. I love how light it is. I'm a bit of a Lord of the Rings fan and when I'm knitting or crocheting with lace weight I kind of think that's what me thrill must feel like. But um, I was having to use a 2.75mm hook and needles and it just took forever. So I think the way around that would be for me to find a way of doubling up with lace weight so it's a quicker project. And that's not 
a downside on lace weight and people that produce the most amazing yarns it's more that I prefer a little more instant gratification um, it's about the speed at which I expect something to grow rather than an issue with the yarn itself but it was a very good lesson for me because next time I think I'm going to be swayed by lace weight yarn in a shop or a bargain bin there's no point because it's most likely just going to sit in my stash so it was a really good learning point lace weight yarn probably isn't for me unless I move up a hook side and just have a more lacy project overall but frankly anything below a 3mm hook other than knitting socks is probably not going to grab my attention so actually I take that back it's not about lace weight yarn it's about the fact that I don't want to use anything below a 3mm hook size. And I don't mind knitting socks mm. on 2.5ml, so I understand that, but that just I do that on little needles and it's just it just took too long to get to where I wanted to be. So that's my knee. So that's your knee, Faye. Well I have a yay crochet. Last week was the last of a series of five learn to crochet classes at Sandbach Adult Education Programme. So Sandbach is in Cheshire and I've been doing my evening classes there now for maybe about four or five years. I've do both knitting and crochet classes there and I've just met the loveliest people along the way. I had a wide range of ages this time, it was really nice. So I had a younger lady, I'd say she was probably in the late twenties, um, up to a lady who was 79. Wow. Yeah, and she actually came on a bike. She came with her daughter and then there was another lady who said she'd been trying to teach herself to crochet for about 40 years, so she was absolutely made up. Brilliant. We learned all the basics of crochet and we made things like flowers and granny squares. I think we tackled ripple stitch and just some very simple shell stitches. And what I like about teaching people to crochet when you have a series of classes that are sort of over a five week period is that each week, so we have a, a two hour class, you can kind of go away, have a little practice, have a little play around, get yeah. yourself a bit more familiar. But then my pupils come back in the following week and they've got all these lovely things that they've made yeah. just after a couple of hours of crochet. It's very inspiring. Yeah. You know, they'd all brought things in. They've, oh, I've had this magazine for ages and I've started this and I took some photographs. So it just makes me feel really happy when they say how much they've enjoyed it. If you want to learn to crochet, I would say you can try and teach yourself from, you know, the, lots of the magazines that we review each month have great um, how-to sections in them and you can buy some really great books as well. But sometimes the physical teaching is just a little bit more helpful so if you can get along to a local class I'd say yeah. go it's worth the money. I'd tried on YouTube before I went to your class actually and I just it took me too long to stop rewind stop rewind even on some of the better ones that did it in slow motion or did a repeat of the same stitch it's just it just wasn't conducive to the way that I learn I'm much better as a hands-on person and that was what really changed my life completely was being able to learn to crochet and knit but yeah. to do it with somebody in front of me who could spot my mistakes and give me really decent feedback it, mm, so that was a, a yay crochet for adult education programs really I think nice. overall yeah. yes so we're going to move on now and we're going to talk about an idea that Faye and I had about taking you through a crochet project from start to finish. Yeah. So we've decided that we will each start a crochet garment, maybe two, 
I'm, I'm, I'm going out there. I'm doing two. I'm doing two, actually. I've decided. <laughs> That's it. It's, um, it's recorded. Aiming to wear our garments at Yarndale. Which is the end of September. So we've got quite a while. Yeah. Okay, so you can join in two. So it's a li- little bit like a crochet along. There's, but there's nothing specific. You can choose your own garment that you think is going to turn out into a stylish, nice, contemporary piece of crochet. So it could be a shawl. Anything. Top like cordon, you know, whatever you fancy. We would just like to see what you're making. And it something be, wearable. Yeah, something wearable, and also it'd be nice to see. I think everyone always has a different idea of what is stylish and what isn't. So it'd be nice to see a nice mix of different people's projects. So we're going to look at each stage of the crochet journey. We're going to talk about how to choose or substitute yarn, and we're also going to talk about your swatch and whether or not you should block it. We're not going to talk about actually making a swatch because we did that last time with the tension square so I can put a link back to that in the show notes. So then in upcoming episodes we'll talk about things like how to finish your project and the best ways to sew the pieces together. We'll talk about how to wash or block your project before you wear it so that you make sure the stitches just look exactly as they should look. We'll talk about wearing and using your crocheted garment and aftercare and also dealing with any disasters like any little holes or anything you might need to darn at the end. So it's a crochet journey which links to the title of this episode. So I think I got my choice really down to three. One of them was Joanne Scraze's Aberfoyle cardigan in her recent publication with Cat Golding called Three from the Top. So it's a top-down cardigan and I do like it, I really like it, but when I looked in my stash I just didn't have any yarn that I could use, I didn't have enough quantities and I'm really not at this moment wanting to buy lots of yarn. So I'm going to put that to one side and I am going to make it in the future but just not at the moment because I'm trying to stash bust. Then uh, we talked about it in the last episode of the podcast where I bought Marie Walling's filigree collection and it's a collection of crochet tops. Some are just crochet and some are crochet combined with a little bit of knitting. From that collection I've chosen Aster it's called so I'll put a picture of it in the show notes so you can see. It's a very simple top, it's made with Rowan Panama, so it's a cotton yarn. Now the problem that I've got is, because I'm trying to stash bust, is that I want to use yarn that's in my stash. Mm. So I suppose the question is, how do I substitute yarn? How do I know that if I use a different yarn that it's going to work out as it should and isn't going to just look completely different? So, sorry, this project uses Rowan Summerlight, not Rowan Panama. Am I confusing you because mine is Panama? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I think that's where I haven't got Panama for Yeah, it's me. Yeah, okie doke. So... We'll talk about this project first and the yarn because I have got a yarn substitution. So what you need to do if you're thinking of substituting yarn. So the first thing to do is to look at the weight of yarn that you're going to use. So is it lace weight, is it a four ply, double knitting, aran, chunky, super chunky. So identify the weight of the yarn, that's your first point of call. So for me, a Rowan Summerlight, it's a four-ply cotton. So then you're looking at the fibre, what's the yarn content. So for me, it's 100% cotton, but equally it could be 
hundred percent wool or linen or linen or a bamboo or you know a, a mix so what you want to try and do then is to match up a yarn that has a similar composition as well as the same weight so that's the next thing to try to do so I'm looking for a floor pie that is 100% cotton and because I like the finished look of the garment which is a matte finish yeah. I want to make sure that my cotton is a matte finish and it's not a mercerized cotton which has like a shiny finish to it like a little bit of a sheen so I'm trying my best to stick to the recommended fibre here luckily in my stash I do have from about eight years ago I'm not kidding you something called Sirdar Calypso it's a pure cotton it's a four ply and it even has the same meterage in the ball band as it's spot on yeah it's exactly the same so quite lucky there it's in cream this is going to work really well and keeping yeah. my fingers crossed you might want to choose a completely different type of yarn so whereas this recommends cotton maybe I thought well actually I want it to be a bit more fuzzy finish so I might want to choose an animal fibre you can substitute different types of fibre but you just need to make sure you do a swatch because the finish might look slightly different overall so then what you need to also do is I just mentioned the meterage on the ball band so if the pattern tells you that you need 10 balls of yarn and say there's 175 meters on each ball of yarn you need to calculate up the total meterage and make sure that if you do substitute yarn mm -hmm. you have enough because you might need 11 balls if there's less meterage or even 12 or you might only need nine so you've just got to make sure that you're covered in terms of yarn length as well there is a website called yarn sub and if you type in a yarn that you want to substitute it very handily lists all the potential yarns that are pretty much exactly the same again you might have not have them in your stash but if you were looking for a cheaper alternative to something it might be really useful to go and have a look i had a little play around on it it's really really good that's it really for helping you to substitute your yarn so once you've got your yarn you can go ahead and make a tension square the only thing I would say if you're going to buy different yarn than that recommended in the pattern it might be helpful to maybe just buy one ball at first because if it doesn't then work out when you do your tension square you might think oh actually it's not really suitable it's not draping as I thought it would or it's a little bit too thick mm -hmm so and then once you've done your tension square if you were then happy go ahead and buy the, the yarn that you need and the other way to do it is to buy everything that you need from your local yarn store keep your receipt and they will generally always take stock back especially if they know that you're going to swap it out for something else but that would allow you to play with the one ball and then either keep the stash that you've got all within the same shade lot and then be able to return it if you do have an issue. Yeah, that's a good idea. I've forgotten that yarn shops do that, yeah. don't they? Yeah. And it's it's actually easier to do that sometimes in a yarn shop than it is to send stuff back to an online store, I think. Yeah. Well, it just adds more cost as well. Yeah. So now Faye's just going to talk about tension squares. I'm well. What I'm going to do is probably couch it in wider terms of the project that I've picked as well, because okay. that um, explains why it is that I've done what I've done. The first project that I want to do is it's actually a Rowan pattern, 
by Marie Wallen, of course. <laughs> and it's available free of charge on Rowan's website. If you subscribe, it's free to subscribe and then you get access to pretty much most of their patterns, some free of charge, some paid for. But this one is called Liala. I think that's how you pronounce it, but it's L-I-A-L-A. -A, so Liala is how I would say it. And that calls for Rowan Panama. <laughs> I had a play around with Panama up at Black Sheep Bowls and they had a sample that they were selling which had been done on it so I was in a very fortunate position where I could try it on, see if I liked the feel of it against my skin, see if I liked the weight of it and although the item was knitted it was actually in stocking stitch so would have been lighter than my crochet top would have been and wasn't that keen on it, it felt quite dense and Panama is meant to be on a 3.25mm needle or hook and Marie's pattern is calling for it to be on 2.5 so it would be even denser and I just thought I'm not I'm not keen on that so I'm going to yarn sub for something else and I went stash diving and I found a really nice yarn in the most beautiful vibrant mustardy green colour. So yeah so I'm, I'm yarn subbing for one that I have which is a Jeanette Sloan baby alpaca um, silk four ply. It's 70% baby alpaca 30% silk so I still have the structure but actually I like the animal fibre element having a bit of fuzz and Yarndale isn't always that warm late in September so I want a little bit of warmth to come off of it as well. But that is clearly very different from Panama by Rowan so I wanted to make sure that my yarn sub was really going to work because also this wasn't on the website as a direct substitution. So what I did first of all, because also I have my issues with not wanting to use a 2.5mm hook. I was thinking that then, yeah. I thought, mm. So I, you know, I, I nearly chose a different pattern because I do not want to make an entire top. It was bad enough doing a 10cm tension square. I do not want to make a whole top out of 2.5mm, I, I have more to do with my life than that. So what I did was tried it on a 3.5mm hook first of all, so then I could assess the tension on it and assess whether I could make the smaller size but it would be mm -hmm. bigger because it would be on a bigger hook. And so what I did was did a 10 by 10 checked the tension and then I wet blocked it as well. So I gave the tension square just a quick dip but it was sodden right the way through gently wrung it out and then pressed it in by rolling it up in a towel and then I pinned it out to dry on a blocking mat. Now yesterday it was really quite nice and breezy over here so I managed to actually peg the blocking mat just to the um, to the washing line actually. My husband came home <laughs> and Matthew was like, of course, that, that is what would be on our washing line. <laughs> so I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that with a garment, I wouldn't hang a garment top vertically on my blocking mats to dry but because it was such a small square it was absolutely fine normally I would dry everything on blocking on the flat the tension had made the fabric increase by nine percent over stitches and rows had I not done that I probably would have just forged ahead and done 3.5 mil and had a really ill-fitting piece as it was last night when I looked at it and thought oh, I have to do another tension square <laughs> I was thinking can I just can I fudge this and just do it and then I thought well why for the sake of what something that might take me 40 minutes to do I'll come down to a three mil hook and that 40 minutes means that hopefully by the end of this process I will have a top that will fit me really nicely that will ensure that I'm using the right um, size within the pattern and that yarn that I've spent decent money on although I'm sure I would have got it in a sale is actually going to be put to proper use something that's fit for purpose that I want to wear 
So I did another tension square, did it on the three wheel hook. I haven't blocked it because I'm going on the basis of averages. It's going to be about a 9% change, even with the three mil, it will be roughly the same. And having done that exercise last night, I was able to do the calculation and say, right, I know that I'm using a bigger yarn, a bigger hook, but I can make the size small, so quicker to do, and it will come out in a kind of a medium to large size for me, which is perfect. Also, the pattern is quite, it's not baggy, but because it's crochet, it's not fitted from the top to the bottom at all. And <laughs> I'm prodding them, I don't know why I'm prodding them. Lynn can tell you, I won't put a photo up of them. <laughs> but I've got quite big boobs and the idea of a hot crochet top just hanging off my boobs, it would be utterly unflattering. So that was another reason for coming away from Panama because I want something that will just cling a little bit better mm-hmm. without being obscene, but something that will just be a little bit more shapely uh, rather than tent-like for me. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. But definitely doing the tension squares and blocking one of the tension squares has given me absolute confidence that as I crochet through this project, I've given it the best chance that I can for it to succeed and be lovely. I started a project on Ravelry, and so if anybody wants to dip in and see what I've done, I've put all the notes on tension up there as well. So if somebody was thinking about doing something similar and swapping from row into another, then you can see the differences between my setup and somebody else's. Um, yeah, just leads me on to my other project actually, Faye, because that does tell you the tension before and after blocking, which is really, really helpful. Yeah. So for my second top that I'm going to make, my second garment, just as I was pondering what to do, because, well, I didn't have a huge amount of choice laid before me, through the door popped this in this month's issue of Inside Crochet, which is issue 78. And as I was flicking through, I just saw the perfect sweater. It's called Lisa Sweater. And we'll talk about it a little bit more later, actually, uh, in the magazine roundup. But it does give you the before and after tension square. So I'm going to give that a go later. I am substituting the yarn again. And I, it calls for Sirdar Amalfi double knit. But instead, I found um, in my yarn stash a Rowan Pure Life Revive, which is recycled yarn but it does have a mix of viscose and silk in it as well. So it's quite similar and it's the same weight. So I'm going to use that for my second jumper. Stash busting. Yeah. That leads me on to another point. Another reason for me doing the yarn substitute is because Panama is one of the discontinued uh, Rhone yarns, which I'm a bit, I'm not specifically gutted about Panama, but I'm gutted about some of the other ones that they are doing away with, like, alpaca colour is going and it's one of my favourite yarns to crochet in particular with. So I was faced with, do I buy Panama? And then if I've got an issue, the chances of me being able to get more of it in the same shade from the same dye lot is next to nothing. And therefore that really pushed me towards the yarn. So that I didn't want to buy a top's worth of more yarn when I was fairly confident that I had some in the stash palace. I'm sure you have enough yeah. for, have multiple jumpers <laughs> in your stash palace, babe. <laughs> yes. In fact, I can see a whole mound of yarn just from here where I'm standing. It would be enough know. for ten jumpers. You don't need to know how much I've got. It's considerable. But yeah, that's something else to think about is how long has your yarn 
been in distribution for? Is it about to come out of distribution? I have had exactly that problem with my revive, with my Rowan revive, because I remember buying this yarn. Somebody gave me one ball of it, and I thought, oh, this is really nice. I really like this. It's recycled. It's nice silk, cotton, recycled viscose. I'll buy some more yarn, I'll make something with it. And I think I bought about another four or five balls of it, 50 grams, which really in hindsight isn't enough to make a jumper or anything. So it's been stuck in a drawer in the wool nest for about, since I left work about five years ago. So now I was like, oh, I've got the perfect use for it. How exciting. Oh, I don't have enough to make a whole jumper. Okay, I'll look online, I'll buy some more. However, it's just it's been discontinued, discontinued by Rowan. Yeah. So finding another sort of four balls, I need nine. One site had one ball, somebody else had one ball. I mean, I did manage to find four, but they were the last four on one site. Mm. So if you have got yarn that you're thinking of using, identify what you're going to use it for. And if you haven't got enough, I'd recommend if it's Rowan, if it's one of the discontinued yarns, to just make sure you get what you need now because could be quite tricky. Should we add to the show notes what all of the discontinued yarns are? Because this isn't just going to affect people in the UK. Rowan distributes internationally. Mm-hmm. I know um, certainly Tamara, who's one of our listeners, was talking about things being discontinued over where she is okay. in Texas. So this has got a wider remit mm. than just UK listeners. So let's Yeah, we have got a list, list, haven't up. we? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we'll add that too. And the other thing that I would suggest is, I mean, this is affecting a lot of stores, but I suspect quite a few stores are now selling their stock through eBay. So if Mm -hmm. you think that you need to bulk up on one that you've got because you're just going to be shy for a project, it's probably worth having a look. If you can't get it within your local yarn store or a yarn store that does online as well, eBay is another option for you. You're unlikely to get the same shade law, of course, but... If you know you've got a project in mind and you need more, I would act quickly. I won't get the same shade lot with mine, but what I've thought is I've probably got enough to do the front in one shade lot and then the back in another section, in the other ones that I've just recently bought. So fingers crossed, it's going to work. That's good. And that's another point that I was thinking about with um, my pattern. I don't want to get kind of second sock syndrome with it and Mm. do the front and then think, oh, I've got to do exactly the same thing on the back. Because my my yarn comes in 50 gram balls and it's not knitting, so it's just a hook that I can take out and put a stitch marker in with, I'm actually going to do them concurrently. So I will do one section of the pattern on the front and then do the same on the back, which isn't going to be that interesting until I get to the lace pattern work, but actually it means that I will speed through the process I do the same when I'm knitting socks I know that that process works for me so I'm going to apply the same thing to my Liala top so if you want to join us on our crochet journey we'd love to hear from you and see what you're getting up to we'll open a new topic board on Ravelry for this and then you can join in with us and let us know how you're getting on and if you've got any questions or we can help each other along the way we'll do what we can and even if it's stuff that you've already done Show us your finished objects. We'll call it contemporary crochet along, something like that. Um, But yeah, we'd just really love to see what everyone else is up to and what you think contemporary crochet is, because it probably differs quite a bit to what I think it is and what Lynn thinks it is. 
So we're going to move on now to our yarn review. Last month I received a lovely parcel in the post from Rooster Yarns who sent me a sample of Manostel Uruguay Marina yarn to review. So for those of you who haven't heard of Rooster Yarns, they're a family-run business and they're based quite locally to Faye and I here in Cheshire, which is really nice, it's not far away. And they distribute their own brand of Rooster Yarn and also Manos del Uruguay Yarns. Oh, so that should be said like Manos del Uruguay. <laughs> <laughs> in, my head, yeah. in my head, you just kind of have to do it with a local accent. That was probably not a local accent though. <laughs> So if you don't know about Manostel Uruguay, well, basically, they're making me laugh it. now. Do it, do it. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, you can't like stop a, thinking about it, though, can you? <laughs> I'm not looking at Faye. She's a bad influence. <laughs> so it's a fair trade organisation, not-for-profit organisation, and what it does is it tries to help uh, women in rural areas in Uruguay. They have a cooperative and they spin and dye the yarns and every skein has the name on the yarn band of the artisan who's made it which I think is really nice so the wool is local and the dyes are then made in small pots which are heated by wood or gas so it's all kind of small enterprise stuff but what it means mainly is that the artisans who make the yarn and who hand dye the yarn they're able to provide for their families without having to move into the big cities where there's lots of poverty so they can actually stay in the rural areas where they belong and uh, earn a living. So I think it's just a great way of helping people. The yarn band that I have, I think a lady called Elta dyed the yarn. So I think that's a lovely it's really touch nice. that it, it's got that personality behind it. You know who it is that's made it for you. Yes, it's uh, nice, but Faye, I have to say, it's lace weight yarn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> lace weight. So Lynn left me with a little bit of it, it last did. night when we'd done all the photography for the podcast and I sat with a cup of tea grumbling. Like, <laughs> lace weight yarn. But like I say, it's not, it's not the yarn, it's the no, tools. The, yarn the fact that lovely. I'm doing it on a really small hook or and really small needles. And actually, this is another thing that I learned yesterday as I was doing this. I had to use long straight needles in the last week is the first time i've used them in maybe a year because i do everything on circulars now and i love circular needles they just fit better they are more ergonomic to my body and the way that i knit it really is the tools and not the not the yarn but i was grumbling last night with 2.75 mil hook i had to use long needles actually as well because often if i'm just doing a swatch i like to use double pointed needles just because they're short but I, I was really struggling with the lace weight, so I changed to longer needles myself and it became a lot easier. Yeah. So. But back to the yarn, it's a lace weight yarn, so great if you love making all these lovely gorgeous shawls. I think there was about 875 yards in yeah. 100 grams, which Dodd is really, meters. really great. You know, it's a definite one scheme project. Definitely. It's 100% superwash merino as well, so it's really soft on the skin and washable, so that's great. And I think it costs around £16 for one skein, which you might think, oh wow, that sounds a lot, but when you look at the meterage and you look at the 100 grams, you know, it's unique because it's hand-dyed, no two skeins are the same. Yeah, but I think the project that I'm using it for, it's one of my own designs. Um, I reckon that I'm only going to use maybe half, if not a little bit more, 
to make quite a shallow and long shawl so I'm hoping that I'm going to have enough left to maybe make a short scarf or something as well so I'm sure I will that's really good value for money yeah brilliant and like you said you're helping a corporate yeah. as well so I think what I liked about it well we tried I tried it with a stitch pattern that I'm using for the shawl so it's a combination of double crochet and treble crochet and then tried knitting with it and then Faye did a little strip of different crochet stitches like a treble half treble double crochet and I think what fascinated me was the different appearance of the yarn with each of those different samples so with the textured stitch that I was using in the shawl it kind of creates a pool of colour quite a large pool of colour and it's a nice even pooling across yeah. the colours isn't it it's not where you've got one dominant colour and then little splodges elsewhere it's it's a really lovely colour combination that comes out with that yeah, design yeah the colours are absolutely lovely but then with the knitting sample as with all variegated yarns you're kind of getting the little strips of yeah. colour change I didn't think that the colours looked as deep and with the knitting interesting no not getting with the knitting the lovely deep sort of aubergine color shouting at me whereas i am with the crochet and then i liked it as well with the different crochet stitches that you did so i think my preference for this yarn is actually crochet me too I, i wasn't keen on the striations with the knitting and it flipped that last time we were seeing with our and carlos which is variegated but you know engineered that definitely to my mind was much better knitted and crocheted and this one I think I think it hangs better although it's a beautifully soft fabric in the knitting actually I think the colours the way that the colours combine within crochet it just suits the yarn much better and then there might be a different knitting pattern that would pull it out better but actually in the sample I think the moss stitch looks nicer than the the stocking stitch yeah so you could probably play around a little more with knitting stitches but I would say it's still it's nicer it's crochet. nice for crochet but I think I suppose if you're using a lace pattern for knitting maybe I'll try a little bit of lace knitting it might look different again yeah yeah it's just interesting the different variations in the surface patterns really so that's the marina review and we'll put all of that on the website and show you the pictures of the different uh, samples that we did as well so you can have a look yourself and now we're going to move on to our myth busting topic with Faye. so Faye has been looking at the myth that much more yarn is used in crochet than in knitting Okay. And it is a myth. So excuse me, because you might hear some keyboard clunking, and that's because it's all on an Excel spreadsheet. But often when I talk to people about crochet, these they will instantly say, "Oh, but crochet uses up so much more yarn." And I suspect this is one of the reasons why people will be less likely to use wool in their crochet projects than they would in their knitting projects. Because you think it might cost a lot it's more. It's going to cost so much more because yeah. there's so much more mm-hmm. um, yarn being used, meterage of yarn. So I thought, well, let's let's just look at this. Mm-hmm. So rather than say, oh, that's a shame, or I'm not sure what the answer was, I'd much rather know the answer. So I did five different, I say squares. They weren't really squares, but I've taken that into account in my methodology. A stockinged stitch square, garter stitch square, double crochet square, half treble crochet and treble crochet 
in double knitting yarn. And then I've applied exactly the same thing to the chunky yarn, so stocking stitch, garter, double, half treble, treble. And that came out with some interesting results. As much as I've tried to get them all to be the same size, they are not all the same size. So what I've done then is taken the individual weight of each square and I've used my really good kitchen scales which go down to 0.1 of a gram. So I've been really super accurate with the weights that I've got. And then I've done the same with the width and the length of each square as well down to the millimetre. So I plugged them into my Excel spreadsheet and then what I've taken is the overall square centimetreage of each sample so then I know what one centimetre square weighs and then I've taken it as though we were doing a tension square and yep. done it on a five by five square so then I can multiply that one centimetre squared by 25 yep. and then I know what a five by five would weigh and then I can apply those results across the five different squares across the two yarn weights and then I looked at how other people had done it online and there are a few reviews on this. One of the issues that most people have is that they don't have scales that will go down to 0.1 of a gram. And sometimes people have moved up hook sizes and stuff. So I've kept for the DK was on a 4mm, the Chunky was on a 7 and I did the same hook yeah. and needle size for both. So we're really comparing apples with apples. And then what I saw on one of the threads was somebody had said, well, does the same apply in lace weight? Grumble, <laughs> grumble, hate. grumble, grumble, and here is my hatred of very small hooks. Because I thought, well, if somebody's asked the question, then I wonder if there is a difference, and I should also investigate lace weight. So I've done five lace weight squares as well, exactly the same stock and stitch, garter, double, half treble, treble, and applied exactly the same numerical thinking behind it about centimetre squared. There is correlation in some of the results across all three. As you would expect, stocking stitch in knitting is the lightest of the five. Yeah. And you would expect that because that's the type of fabric that it makes. What I didn't expect was that the next one that was heavier than stocking stitch mm -hmm. is actually treble crochet. Right. So this is where the results start to change a little bit. So on the lace weight, here's the, the running order. Stocking stitch was the lightest, then it was treble, then it was half treble, then it was garter stitch mm -hmm. and knitting and then it was double crochet right and that's the other thing that's always a constant double crochet is always oh. the heaviest as you would expect it's a very dense fabric and it uses quite a bit more um, yarn but interesting that lots of people just say crochet uses so much they more do. than knitting and it's a constant they, yeah. they really generalize on it but actually garter stitch uses quite a bit more than stocking stitch yeah and in some of those cases um, the garter stitch is using more than some of the crocheted stitches. So then what I've done is taken an average of the percentage increase from stocking stitch. So you actually get an understanding of how much, how much more, more yarn you yeah, might that's use a good idea. if you're not doing stocking stitch but you're applying it to some of the other. And these are averages across the lace, DK and chunky weights. I hope you're all keeping up with this. I will also. <laughs> I'll probably blog about this and yes, make that available keep, through yeah, that with the Excel idea. spreadsheet. So on average, garter stitch will use 51% more yarn than stocking stitch. Double crochet will use 74%. Half treble will use 45% and treble crochet will use 31%. 
And then I thought, well, I should apply the same thinking and say, well, what's heavier than treble, which is the lightest of the crochet stitches that I have done a sample on? And that leaves three options. So again, on an average across the three yarn weights, garter stitch used 13% more yarn on average than treble crochet. Double crochet used 31% more and half treble used 10% more. Mm, so that thing of just saying mm. crochet uses so much more it's yes it does, does depending on which yeah. stitch you're using you're using less yarn to do treble or half treble than you um, are for garter stitch yeah. I don't think you're ever going to beat um, stocking stitch. stitch because that's the nature of it but based on my methodology and my knitting and my crochet skills that's what I've come out with depends on your stitch and it is not fair to say that crochet always uses more yarn than knitting. If anybody has a different way of looking at this, or you think my methodology is flawed, let me know. But that seemed to be the simplest way that I could look at this and try and get some answers on does crochet use more yarn than knitting. It's been really interesting. Yeah, it is interesting as well because I often wonder why there's no information on the ball band for crochet because yarn is yarn. It's not knitting yarn anymore. No. I know traditionally most people knitted, but now we have crochet and knitting. Yeah. So, you know, you could be using any knitting stitch. So the tension on the ball band is generally in stocking stitch. So why is there not equally attention for say a treble or half treble yeah just choose one of the stitches like they have for knitting because you might not be using stocking stitch but it's something you can reference against but equally it would be really nice if there was something for crochet on yeah. there because there aren't any standard crochet tensions out there no and not, as even, as not even on websites no. i've yet to come across a yarn that will put the crochet tension on a website you're just relying now on the designer putting the tension within the pattern which is great obviously you need that but if that designer is slightly tight with their crochet it's not necessarily the, the industry standard so it would be good to see some industry standard tension information yeah. included on the ball band and equally if anybody knows of yarn brand that does do that mm. we'd love to fly the flag for them I've noticed now some yarn brands do put a little crochet hook on with the size of the crochet. Yeah, but it's not all of them. Recommended, but it's not all of them, no. no. Our favourite Erica always does it. Does she? Yeah, she likes crocheters. There are a few that do it, actually, to be fair. Have you covered everything there, Faye, with I your myth-busting techniques? Very in-depth, thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm done with Lee Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry I'm done with small hooks but yeah I'll, I'll make this available we'll we'll put a link through the show notes but yeah yeah other people may find it useful too yeah interesting as well thanks Faye so we're going to move on now to our magazine roundup we've got lots of bright summery colours and themes in all of the magazines we've got Inside Crochet 78 Crochet Now issue 2 Let's Get Crafting issue 81 and Woman's Weekly June issue and Simply Crochet issue 45. So we'll put all the links in the show notes to where you can have a look at the projects that are in each magazine. We had a crochet special with Woman's Weekly, so there are some nice crochet projects in there. But I think overall, both Faye and I agreed on our favorite uh, garment from across all of the magazines was the Lisa sweater. That's in Inside Crochet. It's on page 40 and it's 
by designer Annalise Bayes. It's just a really nice drapey jumper. It's worked in a front and a back piece and then the front and back are also worked in two halves and you join up the middle. But there's a helpful tutorial in as well on how to do the special stitch that joins it together. So I'm choosing that, as I said earlier, for my uh, Second. Second contemporary <laughs> crochet along. First? Well, I'm going to start them both at the same time. Oh, <laughs> Somehow. You're not even second song syndrome. You're like, I want to do all yes. the things. <laughs> so I'm going to swatch for both of them and then I'll just get going, I think, on both of them at the same time. You'll be able to follow my progress on that one and hopefully see me wearing it at Yarntail. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to making it. I'm looking forward to making them both, actually. But when that popped through the door and I saw that, I thought, oh yeah, yeah. I can see myself wearing that. And usually you and I have got reasonably different yeah, taste, actually. Yeah, so it's unusual that out of all of the magazines that we've looked at, we have both picked the same kind of, let's say it's like a star make. That's the thing that pops out, the things. Yeah. I would actually make that. So yeah. that's it. We, we both, both agree. the same one. Fantastic. And when you do it, you'll also do a Ravelry page for a project page is that right yes i will do yeah i'll set it so, all up on ravelry so fingers crossed i will not fall behind Faye. <laughs> and by yarndale i'll have a finished article <laughs> so that's the magazine review um and we're going to also now chat about our finished objects and our works in progress so how have you been doing Faye? i mean i know you've been so busy doing all these squares i don't know how <laughs> you do it it's ridiculous week, 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 week. <laughs> So I finished off a pair of the John Arbin socks that I kind of started last time round. And again, I'm doing that as a bit of a study because I'm introducing a stripe into the sock and I want to find out what the best way is to nip, nip? <laughs> to knit a stripe into my socks without really showing the jogging. So I'm on sock number three of that study and that will stretch to sock number four but I've got three different methods and again I'll do that as a blog review it's just really interesting it speaks to my precise nature that I need to try and find the best route and that will do it in a very methodical way so I finished one pair of them but then of course that's just been replaced by me doing exactly the same pair of socks just using a different stripe method one finished, one back in. So it doesn't, like, it doesn't, it's probably not even worth mentioning, frankly, because it's just been like <laughs> the revolving door. I have finished Winky's scarf, or I've Yay. finished the bit that I can do on Winky's scarf. And he received it, I think it was on Saturday, so I've got photos of him oh, with his so scarf, cute. even though it's really, really hot on the <laughs> south coast. Uh, Winky loving his scarf. And what, the minute he opened it was saying, Mummy, can we please crochet now? Which I, I just love. So yeah, there's been very little. Those two things and then the squares for the, the check-up on crochet versus knitting and yarn weights. So for me, I managed to finish a shawl that I was messing around with a pattern for, pattern design. So it's not really for anyone in particular, although when my daughter came the other day, she did start draping it around her shoulders oh, really? saying, oh, this will I keep like me warm on the, I'm guessing on that the was long Kate. boat. Yes, this is Kate. <laughs> not on the barge. No, you have to be very You have to be correct use about the correct this. terminology on the long boat. Um, so, but she said, perhaps in a different colour, so. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have one of these, mother, but just not yeah, in not this in colour. colour. <laughs> so I finished that one off, and I started the Manos Marina 
sure equally I'm just messing around with a few ideas so I'm hoping to finish that one because I'd really like to get the pattern out there because yeah. I think it's a nice pattern for people to follow and I think what else I've done I think that's pretty much it really for me other than work projects which don't really count as whips and finished objects to be honest. One of the reasons we've got fewer finished objects is because we're recording the podcast a little bit earlier this time because of holidays and also that the first Friday of the month is the third so it's really quite tight on timings and we don't have that much leeway so it's been a harder job to get time to craft and do bits and pieces. There's just been less time in between recordings. Yeah, so I think that's pretty much it for me, really. And apart from um, doing the sample swatches, I haven't really done a great deal. I haven't even moved on with my whips from last time. I mentioned the Odaletta shawl that I was that I'm You were on it with that one. I was like, like yes, going to finish beads. it. Just, you have to I do just that have for to your do it. Deal. I think I'm going to take it on a holiday with me um, to do because we've got a long drive to get down to Southampton. So four hours, I could actually finish it in four hours, I reckon. So, uh, okay, there's a challenge. Possibly. So when you come back, you're going to be adorned in your Odaletta shawl. Yeah, because as well, I was tidying up the wool nest again a few weeks ago. I had a proper clear out and threw more things away. You'll be horrified to hear, but the really awful things that I've made. <laughs> I'm thinking, why am I keeping these? Yeah, this is very cool. nice. It, I, I don't need to keep all of my samples of every project that I've made because they're building and building and building. So I have to keep it manageable. But in clearing up the wall nest, I found a really nice little wooden tube. And I'm thinking, what on earth is this? It's only really slim, yeah. like, a, like a cigar kind of shape and the lid it kind of has a little lid that comes off and then I remembered a couple of years ago when I went to visit an aunt an elderly aunt her husband gave it to me and he'd made it inside was a 1.25 mil crochet hook which is what you need for beading <laughs> oh you could borrow it Faye <laughs> I could lend it to you okay, and you could try it with that. <laughs> So it's really fine but if you want to um if you haven't threaded your beads before you start a project so you can either thread them all on at the beginning which i should have done for my shawl but i wasn't going to use beads now i've come to the beading bit and thinking mm, i need to add a bit more weight do i snap the yarn i don't really want to do that so you can there is a way to add uh, beads individually with a tiny weeny crochet hook I have the crochet hook from tidying up the wall nest found the perfect and tool nice gift fire yeah and nice hand-me-down yeah. tool that he made which i shall keep so that's where i haven't got up to with my older letter shawl but when you come back i will have when it. i see you brown and like post holiday you will have it on mm. and i will take photos <laughs> listeners because lynn will do this <laughs> her head is down I'm not, I'm not listening. I'm not listening. <laughs> so, have you moved on with your shoreline blanket, Faye? Did yes, you do actually, that's, that? that's a fair point. I've done another chunk of that. I'm probably just about three quarters of the way through. It's looking great. I'm really pleased with it, but because it's old wool that I'm using, it's got a bit of a, it's got a bit of a smell to it, mm -hmm. and I just can't wait to finish it and wash yeah. the flaming thing. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I want to be able to use it. But it's so beautiful that I've I've had it hanging up in the girl office as well, and it's it's actually quite nice as a piece of as a wall hanging. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I don't. It might go one way or the other. 
It's, I'm, I'm quite chuffed with it. And I still, every time I crochet on it, I think about all the listeners all over the world. That's absolutely nice. So I think that's it really for our FOs and whips. I think we've updated the whip wall because we added Catherine to it, didn't we, mm-hmm. from Crafting and Treats. And we've probably got... I don't know if we've got anyone else to add to it at the moment, have Not we? Yet. Not yet. We have so a few irons in the fire for the next interviews. I think which I... we should probably note, um, note on that one. What we'll do is always have a monthly podcast like this one, where it's Lynn and I going through and doing yarn reviews and talking. And then if we do an interview, the interview will always be as a separate episode. So we'll call it a bonus interview episode, something to that effect. So because we quite like doing in-depth interviews and if you don't like listening to the interviews then it's a very quick way of you still getting this content without having the interviews. That said, our next interview that we'll do is about 10 minutes long so, you know, that bit doesn't apply. (laughs) Um, But it will go out as a separate bonus interview. And then we just have one more little thing to share with you. Bay and I are writing a book together jointly as the Crochet Circle with eight crochet accessories. So four will be designed by me and four will be designed by Faye. Very exciting and quite nerve-wracking. So we've just been looking at our yarn choices and looking at yarn support and we've had some great responses from that. So we'll probably say a little bit more as time goes on. We have a deadline in mind, but we don't want to make that public in case... We don't you know, do some, you never know what's around the corner. Yeah. So Lynn and I are quite dedicated to what we do and getting stuff out on time. So I'd rather mention it when we know that we're a little bit closer to really achieving that deadline. Yeah, but it, it, has, it should be this year. Yeah, I and mean, it has a really interesting theme to it. So it's not just like oh, here's a few crochet accessories together. There is a theme to it. There's a reason for the booklet. So as I say. Once we've got a little bit further down the line, we will share that with you. But it's really exciting and we've really enjoyed the process so far, designing up the different projects. And And it is another reason why you will possibly see fewer whips and fewer finished objects from us because there's quite a lot of time and dedication going into getting the right patterns and the right look and feel for the booklet. So um, that will be hard copy and digital and with the digital downloads we'll do it with UK terminology and a different download with US terminology so hopefully we can cover everyone yeah excellent we have another fabulous competition for you we have been given some rooster delightful lace by rooster yarns i'll put all the company details in the show notes so this is for a lace weight blend of 80 percent baby alpaca and 20% silk and it's a two-ply lace weight yarn so it's great for knitting lighter garments and shawls or crochet. What hook size does it require? Well (laughs) two-ply, very thin so yeah it says two to four millimeter needles so I suppose it depends how short or tight you want your stitches to be or how lacy you want it to be. That would be yep. a 10mm hook. <laughs> <laughs> holy, holy, sure. Again, it's a little bit like the Manos, really, in that it has a fantastic uh, meterage on it. We've got 800 metres for this 100 gram hank, so fantastic. And it's a beautiful colour. It's a really, really lovely, kind lilac-y, of lavender, yeah. amethysty, beautiful, uh, um, but actually quite a strong colour as well. It's not, it's not, it's not wishy-washy. wishy-washy, no, not at all. <laughs> it's called Talara. 
so if you look on Rooster's website, you'll see the shades, the different shades. So colour 623. We'll put full details of how to enter the competition on Ravelry and the competition will run until the 30th of June and then we will draw a winner using the random number generator as we normally do and we'll let you all know then. So good luck with that. So finally we have what's good. So what's good Faye? I am off to a knitting retreat. Well when I say knitting retreat it's actually just more of a crafting retreat. So one of the podcasts that I listen to, it's about a really lovely lady, she's great fun, she's called Louise Hunt and she has got the Caithness Craft Collective podcast, that's a bit of a mouthful. This is a tongue twister. Yeah. I've probably been listening to Louise for the best part of six months now and she's got a massive back catalogue of podcasts and I think I've done most of them really like spent a long time catching up so she's holding a retreat this weekend which is back up in my old stomping ground it's where I grew up for the first um, almost six years of my life up in Caithness not far from Thurso so when it came up as an option Matthew said he'd buy it for me for my birthday present which isn't until July so I'm getting at the early present <laughs> as well well having hopefully a lot of time to craft um, it's been a busy few months setting up the business and I'm looking forward to just having Chilling a bit out. of time, yeah, having yeah. a bit of working on my Liala mm-hmm. crochet top. Well, that sounds really nice, Faye. So for me, uh, again, I'm going away as well next week, which I'm really, really looking forward to. I just need a break, just need to switch off really and uh, I've had some busy months. Yes, but I'll probably do that in the car on the way because I won't probably do it on holiday I think I might annoy my husband if I <laughs> did that he puts up with me enough knitting and crocheting all the time at home so yeah for me a holiday I usually don't do any crochet or knitting I just have a holiday and try to just empty my mind so that when I come back I'm like re- yeah, ready to go and really got lots of ideas I've taken a notebook with me because I was can't stop my head from going so you know you you can't switch it off it's not that easy to switch your mind off so yeah just make notes if anything exciting pops into my head oh that looks like I could do that (laughs) so um looking forward to that and then back from holiday it'll be getting stuck into the book Mm. that we mentioned earlier and also the other book that I'm doing with Search Press and visiting one quest so Woolfest is I think we're going up on the Friday which is the 24th of June so if any of our listeners are also going up there on the Friday and you want to meet up for a bit of a crochet session and a coffee then let us know we'll happily kind of sort ourselves in a little location somewhere at Woolfest and they do good coffee and they do really nice cakes at Woolfest and music so you can sit and have a little jig and crochet away and sup your tea or coffee. Yeah, that, sounds, nice that sounds perfect, actually. That would be nice, something yeah. to look forward to. I know a few people have said that they're planning on going, but I don't know okay. if they're going on the Friday or the Saturday. So we are definitely going on the Friday. Yep. Lynn had a sharp intake of breath when I told her that she might have to leave with me at half seven to get there on time. <laughs> they goes really early yep. to places. But I'm, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be I've, fine. Do you know what? If I've paid the ticket price, no, I'll I agree, be there every no. <laughs> I mean we 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 kind of early risers anyway because of school and everything. So it's not it's just a bit of an extra hour, isn't it really? It's not the end of the world. 
Yeah. High so five, that's when I'll have to bill you. I'm joking. Yeah. Half seven. <laughs> <laughs> I, my eyes really popped out of my head then. Half seven. Half five. seven is fine. It's absolutely fine. So yeah, so we'll be able to tell you all about it in our next episode. Yeah. And I might I might buy more wool. Mm, might buy wool as well. Ooh. Now that I'm getting more addicted to these lovely fancy yarns that uh, Faye is encourages me to buy. All about quality. Yes, I agree. So I think that's it, isn't it? I think We've that's it for today. Yes, we in great depth, cover. in part. Yeah, we'll we'll try yeah. and make good sense of the show notes, and like last time, we'll point you to where other bits of information will be, rather than trying to cram everything into the show notes. But I would encourage you, if you want to see more of what we're up to, we're starting to use Instagram a little bit more. Pinterest, we put a load of extra photos up in Pinterest for the entire episode and stuff that we're working on every month. So there is a board for each episode. So if you want a little bit more detail, that's that's one of the nice places to go to get the information. And of course, we're also on Twitter and our individual email addresses are on the contacts page of the show notes. So yep. if you need to get in touch with us about anything, then feel free to do so. But yeah, we're done. Thank you very Thank much you. for listening. Thanks for listening again. And we'll be back in July. We will. <laughs> Bye. Bye.